Hello. We wanted to take a moment to condemn police brutality, anti-blackness, and white supremacy. Here are some next steps that we're taking and would encourage you to take as well. Check out Verso Books for free ebooks and resources on police abolition, including the ebook The End of Policing. We also encourage you to continue your political education. We recommend Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis, as well as Asada Shakur's autobiography. And it doesn't end there. You can find resources on how to advocate for defunding your local police at defund12.org. That's defund12.org. We support protesting, and we hope that if you are able, you go out. If you have the money, here are some organizations that we suggest donating to. Black and Pink at blackandpink.org, as well as Black Lives Matter at blacklivesmatter.org. We also believe in redistributing money to the people that you know, who are Black artists in your community that you can support, not just with your words, but with your money. I got back to New York hungover with the weight of other people's emotions hanging over my head. Right away, Thorne asked to see me, and I told him I needed the night alone, which after a week in Miami with the crew, was definitely true. So much had happened in such a short span of time. I needed space to breathe and process shit, you know? Plus, I obviously had some things I needed to talk to him about. And honestly, doing that now just felt like too much. It at least felt kind of good that he actually wanted to see me and reached out. After our big fight, any communication with him was sparse, and I barely heard from him at all while I was in Miami. Alana hit up the group text to ask if we wanted to hang at her place on Saturday. She wanted to show us these conspiracy videos about aliens on YouTube. It was the first time we'd all been together since Miami, since the hookup. Everyone, and by everyone I mean Byron, was eyeing Alf and I from across the table. I still can't believe you two kissed in Miami. It was hot. Oh god. Have y'all told Thorne and Jane yet? They don't have to. That's what ethical non-monogamy is about. Okay, yeah, ethically it has to be out in the open or it's still toxic. You're the only monogamist here, Byron. Don't trample us. I'm not trampling. I'm just invested. So what are you, a banker? No, but I dated one. Oh, me too. Wait, which one? Alana, we did not date the same banker. Fuck. No, no, you're right. We wouldn't do that to each other. Ethical friendship dating. Ew, no, I would never date my friends. You really went there. That's a lie. And have you... Dated my friends? Not y'all. Okay. Okay, cute. But, um, you did date that one girl's brother. Dang. I did both of her brothers, but that was a long time ago. Jane and I don't have, like, any hard rules about me telling her stuff. She knows I'm not monogamous and that I'll tell her anything she wants to know, but I'm not gonna, like, offer the information. She's just so new to all this, and she wouldn't get that a hookup can just be that. I'm not hiding anything, but I don't think it has to be a big thing, right? Yeah, that's how I feel too. I don't know. I haven't seen Thorne since we've been back. He texted me, but I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. Okay. It was too much. The aggression from Thorne, the persuasion from Maya, the decision of where to go next, and the pressure from my friends to have it all figured out. I let Alana launch us on the next rant, idly stirring my Cuban espresso that she had poured for me. This felt like the end for me and Thorne, and I desperately resisted the idea of yet another failed relationship at the hands of non-monogamy. I wanted to make this one work, but I couldn't figure out how it would. Trying desperately to untangle the mess I was in, I couldn't help but wonder, do we really have to have it all figured out? I finally agreed to meet up with Thorne, fully realizing I couldn't put off the conversation anymore. 
The next day, he met me at the office when I was done with work, and we took the train uptown to his place together. This was slightly strategic. I suggested going to his spot so that, in case of an emergency, if my worst-case scenario comes to fruition and everything ends right here, I still had the power to choose to leave. The MTA does not make it easy to get back to Brooklyn from here late at night, so I prayed to whatever god still exists that the night didn't go as horribly as I fully expected it might. I felt anxiety bubbling, hyper-aware of every sound and movement around me. I couldn't focus on anything longer than a moment. An announcement that the train would be going express, Thorne expressing his approval, I wonder what interval the two tones are that signal the doors closing. I shift my weight. Someone sneezes. Thorne and I don't speak. Off the six, we walk in silence down the block and up two flights of stairs to Thorne's apartment. I take off my coat, but nervously leave my shoes on, unsure of how quick an escape I might need to make, or how soon. How was Miami? Oh, it was wild. Oh yeah, wild. Did you hook up with anybody or something? Thorne, what? Are you picking a fight with me right now? We froze. Thorne looked up at me, hurt tangled on his face. This was not the right way for this conversation to start at all. But then again, nothing happened the right way anymore. You did sleep with someone, didn't you? (sighs) Okay, you know what? Let's just talk about this. That's why I came over here tonight in the first place. It was Alf. We were wasted. It didn't even... Why would you fuck Alf? And why would you tell me that? Now, every time I see them, this is all I'm going to be able to think about is you fucking. I'm never going to be able to hang out with them. This is... Okay, you rarely hang out with us anyway, and... And, and like, again, really? We just talked about this. And that other bitch, too. This is seriously crazy. Her name's Maya. Don't call her that. Mars, I can't do this anymore. Couldn't fight the tears anymore. The truth was that I couldn't do this anymore, either. I wished I would have admitted this to myself sooner, before Maya in Miami, when we could have come to this conclusion amicably, mutually, lovingly. I wish that all of this could have happened differently. I know I fucked up. I hurt you, and I'm sorry. You know, maybe you should go. Yeah. Okay. At least... I kept my shoes on. Downtown, Alana and August were having their own intense discussion while walking a group of dogs in Soho. August, I gotta ask you, what's your endgame? Endgame? What do you mean? I really want to know, what's your goal? My goal is, I don't know that I really care about you, and what I, I think we're just taking it slow. I'm impatient, unfortunately, and I just feel like I need to be ready. Ready? What are you talking about? You're boring, August. All you ever talk about is work. But, but I like my job. I, I, My work is interesting. That's probably the most interesting thing you'll ever have to say. Why are you being mean to me? I'm sorry that you're so sensitive, and I just feel like I'm wasting my time with you if I'm being totally honest. I think you're just scared because you finally have a good thing going on. Maybe so, but it makes no difference to my displeasure. What are you trying to say? I'm just sharing how I feel, August. What are you gathering from it? I'm getting the impression that you have no interest in me, to say the least. 
I don't think anything is wrong with you. You're really sweet. I just feel like I'm too young to think that you're the one. Why are you jumping so far ahead? I just need to know. I need to know what's gonna happen. And how I think could. How could you not even give me a chance? Please, just give me another chance. I didn't think you'd be so affected by this. What do you take me for? Some heartless robot? I, of course I'm affected. What did I do wrong? I don't know, August. I just... I really wish I could feel as though you cared about me. Well, then what can I do to show you that I care? I... I just want to make you happy. And I love that. I think maybe it might just be me. I don't know if I'm ready for this whole relationship thing. Relationship thing? Well... Well, then are you breaking up with me? Well, I wouldn't exactly Stop say... playing games with me, Alana. I'm over all this back and forth. No, August, I like you a lot. Well, if you aren't happy with me, honestly, I'm wondering if you could even be happy with anyone. Okay, thanks, RuPaul. Stop making light of this. Are we over or not? <sighs> yes. Well, then, I'll come and get my things later this week. Are you okay? You don't care, so stop acting like you do. August, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. I just wish I could have made you happy. And then one of the dogs took a shit on August's shoe. (sighs) Perfect. Alana watched as he scuttled away, trying to scrape the shit off. Byron was stirring coffee in St. Mark's Coffee and Tea, waiting to meet up with Harry for the first time since their fight about the letter. Byron had rehearsed what they were going to say with me a few times, and done their makeup, blown out their hair, and gotten a new Keith Haring t-shirt. Of course, Byron had gone too early. They waited half an hour before the time Harry was supposed to be there. Harry walked in wearing a black sweater and jeans, like some sort of hot actor. Byron walked over slowly. Hi. Hey. Byron waited nervously, then looked into Harry's eyes. I tried to go kayaking in Miami. (laughs) And you didn't fall in? Sorry, that was mean. (laughs) I don't still love Alex, Harry. That letter, the things I said, I... We're just starting out, and this feels... I don't know. I didn't send it because I didn't feel it. I didn't send it because I don't still love him. Okay. Okay? If you say it's over, then it's over. Okay. Byron was relieved. Byron and Harry went back to his place to drink wine and watch Special on Netflix. I didn't see Byron come home that night. Back in bedside, Alf and Jane were crafting a DIY bong from a plastic bottle, like we're in high school or something. Alf was warming the plastic of the bottle with a lighter that read Honky Tonk Hank and featured a cartoon cowboy. That's so cool that Alana's from Miami and can take you around. Yeah, I drink uh, way too much though. But I love the street art and the beaches and just chilling with everyone and going out dancing. Sorry if I sent you too many drunk texts. I enjoyed them and the swimsuit pics. Mm, I'm glad. So, did you get hit on at a lot of clubs? Hook up with anyone? Alf's blood ran cold. Jane had asked innocently enough, but something in the stiffness of her body gave Alf a very bad vibe. Alf refocused on the bottle bong, trying to seem casual. Yeah, well, kind of. Are you sure you want to hear about this? Ah, shit. What? I burned myself. It's fine. Give me the scissors, because we got to punch a hole in the bottom now. Here, so you hooked up with someone? Like a hottie from the beach? 
it's okay if you're feeling weird about this. No, no, I think it's okay. Like, it was just a stranger, right? Well, actually, it was Mars. I think you met here once. Friends with Byron and Alana and me. All right, I obviously know who Z is. Like, you guys made out? Like, I mean, we slept together. But you're just friends, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone is, like, just friends. Like, friendship is really powerful. But I'm not trying to date here or anything. It was just fun. Alf knew that this wasn't the moment to wax poetic on platonic intimacy, but something about Jane's tone was making them nervous. Okay, I do feel weird about that. Hey, hey, um, don't cry. It's okay. I get it. Do you want me to tell you more or tell you more about stuff like this in the future? I just don't want there to be stuff like this in the future. How am I supposed to feel okay with you hanging out with Mars all the time? I mean, I told you. I'm not trying to date here or anything, and I feel very different about here than I feel about you. But you guys have, like, a powerful friendship. By now, the air in Jane's kitchen felt toxic. Alf was having trouble breathing. And I have a powerful something else with you, too. Or I want to. Okay, I want you to, and, like, I've read The Ethical Slut and the zines from Blue Stockings, so I know in theory I should be cool with this, but I'm just not... I don't think I can see you if you're still seeing Mars. I'm not, like, seeing Mars, and I don't think that's fair. You can't ask that of me. I've been upfront about this from the start. I know. I thought I could try this. Alf took a pause, rehearsing what they should say in their head. They felt dizzy and nauseous. They thought Jane was beautiful even in this moment, and the thought hurt. I hate saying this because obviously I really fucking like you and I'm actually falling in love with you, but it seems like what you need is not something that I can give you, so I don't think we should see each other anymore. Alf kissed Jane before they could stop themselves, and Jane kissed them back. They were both crying, and Alf was halfway down the block before they realized They were still holding the half-melted plastic bottle, and a burn mark was forming on their thumb. When I woke up the next morning, the group chat was blowing up. We were all heartbroken, except Byron. Byron was in love, which was kind of annoying. But we were all in desperate need of Bloody Marys, so we met for brunch. I texted Alf on the side to see if they wanted to meet there early. God, I haven't seen you since our last brunch. That was awkward. I'm so glad you hit me up to meet before everyone else gets here. I know. Byron has been teasing me relentlessly at home about it. How are you feeling post-breakup? I'm okay. I mean, about this, I'm okay. But aside from that, I'm kind of not. Yeah, I feel like shit. I don't regret it because it was fun. But I'm just feeling awful about Jane. She thought we were going to date or something. And I just wanted to check in with you because I kind of felt like it was a fun tipsy hookup. Not sure if you're feeling the same way, but... No, I totally am. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page about it. Okay. Phew. It sucks that everyone else isn't, though. Right? I'm sorry Jane didn't take it well. Thorne did not, either. He said something about never being able to hang out with you again, and I'm like, not here for that drama, first of all. And y'all never really saw each other anyway. Ha, true. Jane wanted me to cut you off, which seems so hetero, you know? Like, sometimes hot people are hot and want to be hot together. It doesn't mean we feel like or love or whatever for the people we're with. 
Like, I wish she understood that. Right. And this can be just an expression of her friendship. And that should be okay. I wish Jane understood that too. And Thorne. And everyone else. Oh, look. Here they come now. Oh. Hey, babes. Having a heart-to-heart, I see. Stop that, y'all. Seriously. Can we be cool about this, please? For real. We're friends. It's fine. Stop being weird. Please. Okay. That's okay. We just think y'all are cute. Well, we are. You're not wrong. Just not that kind of cute. Gotcha. So what's on the menu? Mm, Alcohol? Maybe some food? After brunch, Byron and Harry had decided to go see an adaptation of Hamlet set in an apocalyptic future where the set resembled where the wild things are more than anything else. Afterwards, the two were wandering around Central Park at night. Everyone knows that when you're first dating someone, there comes a point when things just click. That was awful. Not the best way I've been to in my life. It was pretentious. Not in a good way. Is there a good way to be pretentious? No. (laughs) I like you, Harry. I like you too, Byron. And so they kissed. Like a rom-com cliché in the middle of Central Park at night, as middle-aged women speed-walked their dogs and old men with briefcases talked on phones going towards Trump Tower. No one looked at them. No one stopped to take a picture. But it was a long kiss. I don't understand how we don't go to Central Park 24-7. We? I mean, I. How come we don't? I wasn't thinking. Harry grabbed Byron's shoulders and brought them close. And he smelled like coffee. Too bad we can't see the stars from here. Too bad. Maybe we should go upstate next weekend. I have to call to work. So, you don't get sick? I've called out sick two days in three years, and besides, I just requested off when I was in Miami, and I don't know, it just seems like maybe it's something that I shouldn't do. God, like a working woman stereotype. (laughs) I'm the one who's supposed to point that out, okay? Yeah, yeah. On the way back to Harry's, Byron had a thought. What if this was it? What if now all the romantic anxiety would drop away and one day soon it would just be this? Were they ready to give up their tormented single life and endless Joni Mitchell listening? Alf had been feeling sick ever since leaving Jane's. Like the embarrassing kind of sick. Like having diarrhea at work and gagging at every fishy-smelling Chinatown street corner. Clients kept asking them if they were tired, which they knew they meant they looked like shit. It had been almost a week now. Enough was enough. They needed to do something calming. They knew in theory they could meditate or do yoga off YouTube, but that felt too... boring. They also knew they could go into a weed coma for a few weeks, but that felt shameful and expensive. They could go see friends, but that would require talking, and they really didn't feel like doing that. So they fell back on an old favorite, bookstore hopping and shopping. Just as expensive as weed, but more socially respectable. They hit their favorites. McNally Jackson, Housing Works, and Blue Stockings in Manhattan. Books are Magic and Topos in Brooklyn. They would pull a book, buy an oat milk chai, and sit for an hour or two until the cafe vultures circled in and forced them to give up their spot. They ended up getting a bunch of memoirs. Each had a very different premise because every life was different, but every writer had gone through something sad and come out of it Not necessarily better, but changed. The main message of a good memoir and of most events is that no matter how happy or how destroyed you feel, life goes on. For Alf, memoirs were distraction and relief in one. They walked out of the last bookstore feeling just a bit lighter. While Alf was at the bookstore, Alana was at the library. 
a bar on Avenue A with a dangerously cheap two-for-one happy hour. She had dolled up for a night on the town. She was thinking maybe someone would tell her they loved her. <sighs> Why am I even here? Suddenly, someone approached her in grimy jeans and glasses. He looked like he was bad news. But maybe in a good way. No, hi, I'm Alana. Nice to meet you, Alana. I'm Dean. It's a pleasure. I like your accent. Where are you from, if I may ask? Houston. Really? Yeah, do I sound foreign or something? Well, all men are kind of foreign to me. Wow, you're a funny one. And you're an astute one, aren't you? You're from New York? Um, I'm from Miami, actually, but my family's all still down there. Are you Cuban? Well, I can see why you assumed that, but no, I'm Puerto Rican and Guatemalan. How exotic. Yeah, yeah, I imagine myself as a sports car kind of girl. Well, I'm a sports car kind of guy. And I'm low-key a gearhead, so I hope you're being serious. Yeah, I love all sorts of cars, motorcycles. Are you saying that you collect vehicles? I only have two bikes. I'd have more if it was feasible. How many cc's are each engine? How about I just show you all of my bikes this week? We've only just met. How are you so sure that you want to see me again? I just have a feeling. It's your gut. Maybe you should listen to it. I hope your gut's telling you good things. Oh god, you're so dumb. I think I'm just fun. So how about if you came over to my place on Thursday? Mm, I think I was supposed to go to a dance class. Let me check. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I signed up for it a month ago. I really am not going to back out. I'll go with you. I'm free all day. Well... That being the case, you better start stretching because I'm not going to show up to a dance class with a stiff-ass man in tow. I stretch consistently. Mm, that's exciting. I would hope so. Alana left with a few shots of tequila and a new number in her phone. Thorne texted me an hour before I got off work. A single, solitary hey. I spent ten minutes in the gender-neutral bathroom on the second floor just staring at it my mind spiraling around all the things I could say, should or shouldn't say, wanted to say. What I wanted was to see him as if that would miraculously fix everything that went wrong the other night and in the months leading up to that. He texted a second time, saying, let me know if you want to come uptown and talk later. Maybe despite my better judgment, I agreed. This wasn't going to be good, but I wanted it. I didn't want to go to his house right away. I walked over to one of my favorite divey spots in the Lower East Side for a few beers, sitting alone and drawing to decompress from work and prepare for whatever the fuck was about to come with Thorn. Once I noticed getting sorta dark outside, I headed toward the Six. It's really great to see you. I'm glad you came over. I believed him. I got more beer in the fridge if you want one. Honestly, yeah. The train killed a solid buzz I had going, so I'll take one. Being at his place felt surreal. Neither of us wanted to initiate any kind of real talk, I could tell. He didn't turn off the TV or asked if I wanted to watch anything. He sat back down on the couch, resuming the episode of Death Note that was on. We had already watched this one together. I sat down close to him. We cycled through all of our favorites, the ones that don't require any commitment anyway. The Twilight Zone, Hey Arnold, Chopped. We drank beer that I teased him for leaving out of the fridge too long. I rolled a joint that he joked was too loose to be functional. We were laughing together again, and it felt kind of good. 
Really good, actually. I nuzzled my head onto his shoulder, and he pulled me closer. Everything had the illusion of being okay. At least for now. Can I kiss you? Come here. I didn't answer, I just went for it. All logic was gone, and I fully surrendered to the familiar impulse of our bodies being together again. The next morning, I woke up before my alarm and was confronted with the realization that I was still in Thorne's bed. I scrambled around him and got dressed as if I were in a hurry, careful not to wake him up, and he didn't. I wasn't sure what the etiquette was here. Do I wake him up and say goodbye? Write him a note? Just leave? I thoroughly considered the latter option, but found a sticky note and a sharpie and wrote, Thanks for the beer, XO, stuck it to his nightstand, and left. I'm not on anyone's mind at the moment. I'm so free, I'm so alone. The Non Binary Carrie Bradshaw, Episode 6 Breakups. Starring Murkrow as Mars, Anna Feldman as Alf, Grace Joshua Byron as Byron, Lana Ruiz as Alana, Alfredo Franco as Thorne, Kevin Nichols as August, Taylor Beals as Harry, Ali Glenbaki as Jane, and Jovo Jackson as Dean. The non-binary Carrie Bradshaw was created and written by Murkrow, Anna Feldman, Grace Joshua Byron, and Alana Ruiz, directed by Grace Joshua Byron, produced by Grace Joshua Byron and Adam Cecil, editing and sound design by Adam Cecil, logo by Emily Tett, featuring Quarter Life Crisis by Johnny Darlin. Listen to more at johnnydarlin.bandcamp.com or search for Johnny Darlin on Spotify and Apple Music. You can also check out the debut single from Darlin the Band. Uh, it is called Stealing a Glance, and it is a bop. Find out more about this show at nonbinarycarriebradshaw.com. And I pray for heaven's help. And I pray for heaven's help. The first person to wish me happy birthday today was Hulu. Who's that person? Maria wished me happy birthday at like midnight, but like this morning, the first thing that I got was Hulu. Okay. <laughs> I want that like Alana singing to just like be in the background of the opening of an episode. Oh my god. Adam, feel free to use that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay.